down on one knee, arm extended. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby to the south end zone for a Lambo leap. And he puts a dagger in the Lions. The Packers have won it. 23-22. I love that call, but I was wondering if Andy Reid would make it with Patrick Mahomes in his injured ankle. And... And he is laying on top of one of the offensive linemen. And it looks like he is hurt. He is the injured player. And we just talked about the ankle injury. And he is in a lot of pain, Ian. Mahomes just ripped off his helmet, and they are checking the right leg of Patrick Mahomes. That was the big story on the Thursday nighter, the injury to Patrick Mahomes, and that stinks as he injured his right knee on a QB sneak. Tom Brady is 42 years old. Every time he does a QB sneak, he gets stronger and younger. But when the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL does it, he gets injured. One of them is on the SI, or not SI, excuse me, the cover of Madden Football in 2018. That's Tom Brady. He wins the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is on it this year. He gets injured, of course. Welcome, everybody. This is TSN 4 Downs. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, and this is on the TSN Radio Network, wherever you're listening in Toronto, Hamilton, which is TSN 1150, and in Vancouver, TSN 1040. I am your host for TSN 4 Downs. I am Matthew Cause. And join me, it's my producer, Arad. And Red, you're going to see your team, the New England Patriots, against the Jets, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Thankfully, when I bought those tickets, Sam Darnold was still injured. Yeah. Oh. So I got a cheaper tickets. Tickets were way cheaper. Yes. So I am a very happy man. I'm a very happy Pats fan. Uh Um, you know, it might be Tom Brady's last year. So I'm very happy I could get to see him play. It's not his last year. Well, you never know. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's not. Now, here's what I I want to save this for the end of the show, because you're going to go to New York. How much Patriots gear? Are you going to wear it? Don't say now. Save it for the end of the show. Because when I would go to Philadelphia, you know, as a Giants fan, I wouldn't wear a thing. Would not wear a thing. So obviously the big story is Mahomes. Um, some of the other topics of conversation before we get into uh, my opening thought, which is about Jalen Ramsey. And it's a story that was big. It's going away, but I want to, I want to talk about it. But before we get to it, um, Joe Flacco. Third and 16, they're down 21 points early in the fourth quarter. Again, a third and 16. Joe Flacco sh- throws a short pass to some dude I've never heard of for no gain. Captain, check down. And just a reminder, on March 15th, 2019, when Joe Flacco was introduced to the Denver Media, John Elway said that Flacco was just entering his prime. Called him elite. And now now Elway sort of backtracked a little when he said, it makes you feel good to hear somebody else say that. I mean, shoot, with Tom Brady now, quarterbacks are playing until they're 60 years old. I'm as healthy as I've ever been. So I don't know if Elway meant it or was just trying to boost, but 
Just keep that in mind that John Elway thought that uh, Flacco was elite. I feel bad for Vic Fangio. Yeah, he's a good coach. He doesn't. Yeah. He deserves better than Joe Flacco at quarterback. He really does. And if Fangio is let go, you know, if he only survives a year or so, you know, it's you didn't get the quarterback. No. You know, you get the you get the good quarterback, suddenly you become the good coach. It's the whole chicken and egg thing in the NFL. Yes. Um Denver's offense. Woo. Again, I we've heard so much the last day or so about Patrick Mahomes. I just want to talk just a second. Denver's offense, just just a reminder before we get on. First drive, 10 plays, 75 yards, a touchdown. After that, I think it was like 44 plays for 130 yards. Flacco, and I, I, I forget the backup, sacked nine times in that game. Wolfel. Yeah. Huh? What's his name? No, I meant the offense oh, is Wolfel. Wolfel. I thought that was his name. Oh, and by the way, only 71 rush yards on 21 attempts. That was how Denver was going to win. It was going to be a Royce Freeman, Linson, uh, Lindsey uh, uh, Phillips um Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. I got the names mixed up. Uh, sort of day. But um, only 71 yards shut out in the first quarter. Uh, a bad Thursday nighter made worse by seeing Patrick Mahomes leave the field and uh, and that injury. All right. Um, for people who don't know, I uh, host Game Day on TSN 1050 in Toronto. And every show in the first segment, we always start with uh, my opening thoughts. So let's do it here. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Now, I don't want this rant to be seen as anti-player or pro-owner. The number one pet peeve I have in all of sports is when owners will shake down cities, local communities for tax money to help fund their stadiums. I hate that. Uh, In basketball, I think the Boston Celtics should have 10 years where players can leave whenever they want after how they did a dirty to Isaiah Thomas a couple seasons ago. But I want to talk about Jalen Ramsey being traded to the L.A. Rams. Now, it's great drama for us, all the lead-up to it this year. All the fake injuries, call it in sick, passive-aggressive, all that BS. It's great for us in the media, and it certainly makes the Rams more interesting going down the stretch. And we'll get more into the Rams and everything they gave up for Jalen Ramsey. That's a conversation a little later in the show. But I'm not a fan of Jalen Ramsey being rewarded. He was ecstatic when he found out he'd been traded. Traded to L.A., California, young team. And for a 24-year-old egotist like Jalen Ramsey, going to California is perfect. But let's think about where it all started. Now, maybe there were some issues leading up to what happened this year between Tom Coughlin, the coach, and Seth Ramsey. But this is what we know. I'm just going with the facts. September 15th, Jacksonville lost 13-12 to Houston. And Jalen Ramsey was pissed off. Why? Because his coach, Doug Marone, did not throw a flag on a reception made, I think it was by Hopkins, A catch made while Jalen Ramsey was covered. And Ramsey said, nope, not a catch. They didn't throw the flag. Led to a fight on the sideline. A sideline spat. Now, during this disagreement, 
Ramsey felt disrespected and, and, and felt disrespected later in a meeting with his bosses. He called his agent and said, it's time. Get me out of here. I want to be traded. So what really happened, Jalen? You had a bad day, and now you want out. Feeling disrespected because of something like this screams the highest level of narcissism. I get it. You're 24 years old. You're super talented. You're one of the best in the league. I get that level of narcissism. A lot of people have bad days. They don't immediately demand to be traded. And by you demanding to be traded, you're walking out on your team. It's not just with your city or organizations or the season ticket holders. You're walking out on your team. And now, I know that the NFL is often very bad for players. You know, in terms of uh, short careers. But it does need to be said. That's why you get all that money. That's why you get paid more. Now, you get it for a lot of reasons. Unique set of skills. So many eyeballs watching the games. But you also get paid a lot of money. And I know the NFL is often a cruel sport where it can treat their players horribly. Guys getting cut um, after injuries, things like that. We've seen it over and over again. But this is not the case. This is not the story of a, of a rookie not getting the money they deserve after over-delivering, like, say, Ezekiel Elliott. It's not like that. This is not about a team that uh, you know, abused their running back early, then cut him loose. This is about a self-entitled, wildly talented cornerback with a victim complex. He hasn't exactly been a great teammate. Now, for some of you people, you don't care about that. You know, for you, talent trumps all. You don't care about teamwork or, you know, what goes on in the locker room. And that's fine. If, if you're great, uh, if for you, if it's all about just being great on the field and nothing else matters, this rant is not for you. And that's fine. I get it. This rant is not for you. Um, but you go back and look at the roll call of Jalen Ramsey. January of 2018, he was upset because the defensive coordinator at the time changed the defense in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots that a rad will know his team won 24-20 because the Patriots always, always win. And he was public about it, saying, you know, the difference between the first and the second half was we went to zone coverage. I'll leave it at that. No, 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 no. When you say the first thing, you don't need to say anything else. You're calling out your defensive coordinator. So right there, early on, a pattern of things didn't go my way, blame the coach. August of that same year, the GQ magazine, you came out and you ripped a lot of quarterbacks. Josh Allen was trash. Matt Ryan was overrated, product of the system. And your quarterback now, Jared Goff, you called him average to above average and he said that that is a lot of the coaches. That really is why Goff had success. That's a distraction. Again, you're being a bad teammate. You're putting the rest of your team in a difficult situation because you want to be famous. September of this year, September 15th, that's when you left the field, angry that your coach didn't challenge a catch by DeAndre Hopkins. September 23rd, he decided he didn't feel like going to practice. You called in sick. Then he said you couldn't make other practices later in September because of a back injury. Then, on like the same day, and this was September 25th, you left the team. Why? The birth of your second child, and there was no timetable for your return. You make the trip to Denver. Ah, I can't play. I got back issues. You miss the second game against Carolina on October 6th. This is a guy who quit on his team. 
his teammates, and so many of the fans who loved him. And why? Because he didn't feel enough love. Now, listen, the Jags got a great deal. Make no mistake, two first-round picks in 2020 and 2021, and a fourth-rounder in 2021 as well. They got a great deal. This wasn't one of those NBA deals where a star player moves to another team and the other team is left with a backup point guard and a second-round pick and a player to be named later and some cash considerations. But there are times when I wish teams would not give in to such petulant behavior, to not reward such selfless, selfish, excuse me, behavior. Ramsey has a fight with his coach and wants to be traded. Grow up. Listen, I'm good with players holding out when they're grossly underpaid. I'm fine with players wanting to be moved if they've been grossly taken advantage of. Does that feel like the case here? Now, my concern, because, you know what, I don't care about Jacksonville. I'm a Giants fan. My concern, bigger picture, is this could send a bad message. Hey, young player, who's really good, by the way, you can't be Melvin Gordon good. you got to be Ezekiel Elliott or Jalen Ramsey good. Are you having a couple bad days? Look what goes on in the NBA. Act like an ass, sit out, walk away from your teammates, because you can get away with it. I hate to go old school here but I hate the sound of that message. I'm finished. The Rams have given up so much, so much to get Jalen Ramsey. Do you know they, they don't have a first-round pick for five straight years? They're trying to win it all now with a team that has lost three in a row where it feels like that offense is nowhere near what it was last year. Not even close. If you can even go bigger picture, I feel like they're trying to capture the Los Angeles fan base. Yeah. That has abandoned professional football. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to do it right now. Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. And, and, and that, by the way, LA, listen, the, the Rams, they've done this. You know, they brought in Marcus Peters. Now they traded him, but Marcus Peters was a guy who had, had issues with the Chiefs. I, and, and, and I think some of those issues were overblown. I think in a lot of cases they are. Dante Fowler last year. Dante Fowler, uh, and Dominican Sue. Yep. Uh, Akib Talib. Um, these are guys that have absolutely had issues, uh, with, um, you know, with teammates, with coaches. They weren't exactly the most harmonious player. So LA's done this, but you're right. And a little bit later, if we have time in the show, uh, Roger Goodell, you know, after the NFL meetings, of course, he said everything's fine. And he was talking about the Chargers. Did you see last week that Sunday night of the Chargers Steelers game? Yes. That reminded me of a Leafs road game in Ottawa where it's just all Matt Sundin jerseys. The terrible towels were in full effect in Los Angeles. They were not in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, coming up on the other side, we're going to do three and out. I know we often do it in the first segment, but I got gas bagging. I want to remind people, by the way, that TSN Four Downs is brought to you by Domino's. Grab a delicious four-topping pizza for just twelve ninety-nine. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. And uh, also, coming up in the show, we're going to do Matt's six-pack, which has got nothing to do with my beautiful abs, but I'm going to go over the six games that, uh, that you need to watch this weekend. These are the sort of games that don't deserve a slice of Domino's or a small Domino's. These are the games that you get the large party-sized pizza. I'm talking the rectangular size, where if you try to bring it all out, you hold it in the middle, the ends will collapse in on you. Um, so that is all coming up next. I'm Matthew Cause. You are listening to TSN 4 Downs on the TSN Radio Network. 
everybody. This is TSN Four Downs. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You are listening to the TSN Radio Network. Toronto at TSN 1050, Hamilton at 1150, and Vancouver, TSN 1040. Coming up in a little bit, we'll do Matt's six-pack. We will go over the top games from what's going to be a great week seven. We got some gambling tips for you. Hopefully some sound of Roger Goodell where he sounds like a clown. And my producer, Arad, how much Patriots gear is he going to wear in New York this weekend? Good luck with that, buddy, because no one, no one likes a Patriots fan. But let's get to it. Let's get to three and out. First down. And for first down, let's go to Michael Irvin talking about how it's a bad call to fire the Cowboys head coach. Well, I, I, I'm not calling for Jason Coach Garrett to be fired at this time any either. Because, listen, the truth of the matter is, as ugly as it has gotten, and it has gotten ugly, I, I, the first thing I thought about when I watched it, when, when Robbie Anderson went 92 yards, I was like, oh, my God, those comments are coming back at me for this. <laughs> you know, they're going to get on me for this. But, listen, the truth of the matter is, as bad as it seems, and it is bad after you lose the last three and then you lose to the Jets if you win Sunday and that's a big if that's a big if and we'll talk about that more if you win Sunday you're back in first place so it'd be crazy to get rid of the head coach when you're still in a fight for that division right now and the Cowboys are even at three and three right in the midst of that fight so I think it'll be a bad call to get rid of the head coach right now of course, being in first place in the NFC East is like getting an A-plus at summer school. Sure, the grade looks good. Well, let's put it in context. So here's the question with, um, with Jason Garrett. He's got a record of 80-59. and 59. He's won two playoff games. He's gone to the playoffs uh, three times and, you know, in eight years. This is, I believe, his ninth year with the team. That's not a bad record. It's just there always seems to be these bad moments with Jason Garrett where you're wondering what the hell's going on and, and you've got a very talented team. So on one level, you could see, you could almost commend uh, Jerry Jones for being patient. Your thoughts there, Rad? At some point, you got to make a change for the sake of making a change. Yep. That's... I, I know that's not the conventional thought, but I'm a true believer that if you don't win big games, if you don't go to the Super Bowl, if you don't win the Super Bowl, at some point you got to make a change for a coach who's supposed to be an offensive guru, who's supposed to be a passing game guru. That's how he made his name with Tony Romo, and he wins based on his defense. So for me, it's time for Jason Garrett to go. Maybe not now, but at the end of the year if they don't make a Super Bowl. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, you know, a bit of a hot takery here. I think that he could be fired this week. Because think about Dallas... You know, the last three weeks, um, you know, the, all the offensive numbers have gone way down. The defensive numbers have been hurt as well. Especially, I mean, losing to the, losing to the Jets is an embarrassment. An 0 14. That's an embarrassment. Being down in Dallas 34 to 3 against Green Bay, that's an embarrassment. Now, if you lose, it's the Sunday nighter. All eyeballs on you. You get the Sunday night crew coming in. If you lose to Philadelphia in embarrassing fashion, I could see Garrett gone. And part of it is, think about it, Jerry Jones. He's getting old. He's talked about it, about how he doesn't care about making another billion dollars. 
He cares about one more Super Bowl ring. He hasn't had one since the end of the uh, nineteen. It was the ninety-five season. We did it, Jerry. We did it. We did it our way, Jerry. Yeah, exactly. Him and Barry Switzer winning the Super Bowl. And think about what happened this offseason. Dallas gave all the money to Ezekiel Elliott. Before that, to Lyle Collins, the offensive lineman. Before that, to linebacker Jalen Smith. They're giving out all this money. Jerry Jones will always spend. He's desperate to win. So if they get embarrassed by the Eagles, I would not be shocked to see Jason Garrett is fired. The question is, is it Kellen Moore, who everyone loved after three weeks, beating bad teams? And, you know, it's, it's funny. Narratives change all the time. All right, let's go to second down. Second down. And for second down, Deion Sanders. Panthers should keep Kyle Allen as the starter? If I'm the head coach of my management, Cam, I'm healthy. I'm good. Hey, hey man, chill. We good. We got this. Like, I love me some Cam Newton. But, I mean, this is the business, man. This kid is 4-0. Yeah. As a starter, I believe in Cam Newton last eight games, I believe they were 0-8. Yes. This kid, they're scoring 11 more points. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, d- d- just everything statistically is in their favor now. And they're, they're really playing really well. I would not sabotage that. Not saying you're sabotaging with Cam, but I would not risk it. That's the word I was trying to garnish. I would not risk that dealing with a Cam right now. There's no way in the world. Let's go with risk. That's what's good about Kyle Allen. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's not like he's piling up the yards, um, you know. And, and yes, the team is scoring more points. The defense has played a little bit better in the last four weeks. But Kyle Allen also, where did he get his first start? Or excuse me, his last start. It was against Tampa. Remember how good Daniel Jones looked against the Buccaneers? Also against Arizona. Remember how good Lamar Jackson looked? against the Arizona secondary. The other two games, Jacksonville and Houston. And I know people think, oh, Houston. Oh, 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 J.J. Watt. They must have a great defense. They don't. Um, They're playing better, but look at them statistically. They're fine. They're not an elite defense. So Kyle Allen is good because everything is working right now. But my opinion is, if Cam Newton is 100%, I take... Cam Newton. Now, if Cam Newton is all hurt, if he is, you know, if he's at all struggling, fine, go with Kyle Allen. But I would rather, I me, 100%, I'm going 100% healthy Cam Newton, I'm going Cam Newton. It's always who's healthy and who's not. And if Cam Newton's healthy, there's no doubt that he is the better quarterback of the two. Yeah. But mm. I'm going to stick to my gimmick. Sometimes you need to change for the sake of a change. So to me, you stay with Kyle Allen. Until he gives you reason otherwise. Okay, so you go, you're going with you're going with that approach. Yes. Again, I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. It kind of worked for our franchise, if you know all what right, I mean. All right, all right, all right. But like, if if you look at it, you play whoever's in front of you. Kyle Allen has played well he has, against the team that's in front of him. Yes. It just I, he hasn't been spectacular. He's done his job. He's done his job well. But this hasn't felt like. You know, when, uh, hell, I was going to say Brady, but go back, look at Brady's first year. He didn't really light it up. Not at all. No, Not, that was a defensive team. Yeah, that was a defensive team. And that's going to be a great story when Cam Newton is back. That's going to be an awkward story with, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Um, I remember hearing some sound from Greg Olson 
and Greg Olson talking about how, you know, this team can be really good. And he, he kept talking about camp. And he said, hey, we've got this great young team. I mean, me and Cam are old, but everyone else, it's a great young team. And he's praising all the receivers. And I think Olsen wants Cam Newton to be there. Um, yeah, but it's not a bad call. You don't put Cam Newton in until he's 100%. And let's say he's 95%. It's like, um, let's wait till Kyle Allen throws an interception and, you know, and then we'll, and then we'll get you back. We'll get you back in there. And I'm just taking a look at Carolina, taking a look at their schedule, you know, cause that, you know who they have. They got a bye week. Then after that, San Francisco. How about we make this agreement? If Kyle Allen, week eight, near the end of October in San Fran can beat that defense, all right, Kyle, it's your job. Cam, you're now Drew Bledsoe. Kyle Allen, you're now Tom Brady. Yeah, Do we got a deal? We got a deal, 100%. No, I'm with you on that. If he can play well against the 49ers, you have yeah. no reason to bench him. All right. And, yeah. I mean, you don't hear this a lot, but I'm a big fan of Riverboat Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Not as play calling per se, not as aggression when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, but nobody takes the temperature of the room as well as he does, in my opinion. And I have faith that he'll make the right call. Hey, as long as Christian McCaffrey is healthy, it's going to help whoever is the quarterback. All right, let's move on to third down. Third down. And for this, we go to the NFL Network, Peter Schrager, uh, former Giants Sean O'Hara, and Kyle Brandt. And talking about a trade deadline that doesn't really get a lot of attention, the NFL trade deadline. Who else do we want to be aggressive? Mm. I would love for the Eagles to do something. Sure. That's fair. Eagles fans are Eagles fans are screaming this morning right now. How could Jalen Ramsey go there? That's a great team to look for and how he does that. And look at the Patriots. They tried once with Antonio Brown. They swung that bat and it did not work. It backfired. But you look at those skill position players. I still don't know if Tom Brady, if this is really going to be our investment into a guy who takes less money than anyone else at the quarterback position. Can you really go out there and trot out the players that they have right now? I know Nikhil Harry's coming back. Nikhil Harry's a first-year player. We have no idea what he's going to be. What is this team going to do over the next 13 days? Because come January, I want to see the Patriots, and I want to see if Tom Brady has a different wide receiver or tight end. Right now, that that group, it is not even in the top half of the league. Schrager, I'm going to piggyback on that. I'm with you with the Patriots. And you're talking about the receivers and then tight end. Obviously, is Gronk coming back? How about left tackle? They got Marshall Newhouse out there playing left tackle. Yeah. And look, he's fighting tooth and nail. You've got a guy named Trent Williams down in Washington who was just sitting on the sidelines and he's not playing. Yep. So if the, I can see them trying to make a move. The question is, you know, what's that value? What's the price for Trent Williams? Browns but want Trent, Trent Williams. Trent Williams, I mean, if you're Tom Brady, you, I mean, he doesn't lobby for guys, allegedly, but I would lobby for that guy to protect I, my Look, I, what I lobby for is the team chasing the pitches. I'd like to see the Buffalo Bills make a move. I'm not kidding, guys. The Buffalo Bills are 4 and 1. They're coming off the bye. The schedule is unbelievably friendly. This is a team that is going to win 10 or 11 games. I'm going to say the Bills are going to the playoffs. Short of a crazy collapse or a rash of injuries, I think they're going. They're going to be one of those teams that plays the Texans or yeah. plays the Chiefs. I would love to see some offense, and I wouldn't hate if I'm just going to mash buttons on the yeah. trade machine. I would love to see Melvin Gordon go to Buffalo. I really would. Whoa. Defense is fantastic. Even if you take him for the rest of this year, and then you're done with him after this year. I love Devin Singletary. He's been hurt. Frank Gore is Frank Gore. Melvin Gordon could be a huge difference, and it's exactly the type of player that Sean McDermott wants. Run the ball, play defense. That would blow me away. Ooh, that's a lot to unpack there. And again, the NFL trade deadline, Tuesday, October 29th. We never talk about the NFL trade deadline. Um, first off, w- why is it always, well, we, we got we to gotta make sure to help the Patriots. Why in holy hell um, is it help the Patriots? Bleep the Patriots. 
No team should trade with them. No team, Arad. Why not? Because you, get, you don't. They don't need it. Every, I'm tired of it. I don't want to see. I don't want to see them getting better. They will. I mean, they need to get better though. They need to get better wide receivers, and you're, they need help at the offensive line. You're, so. right, you're, you're ready for this. You know who they should go after. Yes, it's really simple. The Cincinnati Bengals are zero and six. Oh, they're in rebuild. Oh, AJ Green. Imagine AJ Green. Yes. First off, if AJ Green went to New England, how pissed off would the rest of the NFL be? Very pissed off. Yeah, they would be super, super pissed off. So there is one name uh, to think about. Uh, Trent Williams, yep, that's another guy. I mean, you identify Miami's 0-5, Bengals 0-6. Uh, the Jets, I guess they you know, they think with Sam Darnold, anything could happen. Uh, Redskins 1-5. Uh, you can throw in the Falcons at 1-5. Those are the teams you can look at and go, is there someone on those is there Ross? Is there players on those rosters that we can go after? Definitely, uh, offensive line help to me is a bigger yeah. need than the receiver. You need to keep Tom Brady upright and healthy yeah, before whatever. you give him weapons. Uh, the Melvin Gordon name is an interesting one because Austin Eckler, you know, did well for uh, for the Chargers. Uh, Melvin Gordon, yeah, I mean that makes sense to trade him. And and I can't believe this final thought before we go. Um, I always love making fun of the Buffalo Bills. No matter what start they get off, I think, oh, don't worry, they're gonna they'll screw it up. But they got Miami twice. They got Washington, Cleveland, Denver, and the Jets. Those are six games where Buffalo should be the fairly clear favorite. That's 10-1 and one right there. Buffalo should make the playoffs and give them credit for this. Yeah, the Jets, the Giants, the Titans, and Bengals, those aren't good teams. They're the, only, they're the team that gave New England a real scare, uh, losing that game back in Week 4, 16-10. Coming up on the other side, it is uh, my six-pack. And don't worry, we will not take a shot of it and throw it on the Twitter or the Instagram account here. There are six great games. I'm going to try my best to get through them. I'll tell you why. These are games that you're going to want to keep an eye on for Week 7. That is coming up next. I'm Matthew Cause. You're listening to TSN 4 Downs on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. This is TSN 4 Downs on the TSN Radio Network. The show brought to you by Domino's. Grab a delicious four-topping pizza for just $12.99 tonight. Check out all the great carryout and delivery deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. And there are six games that require, I think, at least a large pizza, maybe even more. It is time now for my six-pack. Another week of NFL is upon us. No one has any idea what's going to happen, but Matt will tell you why. These are the six games you have to keep your eye on. Time now for Matt's Six Pack. By the way, I saw producer Rad eating McDonald's earlier today. Difficult to get a six pack when doing that, but you made us all jealous around here when you strolled in with the McDonald's. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to my first game. Texans at Colts. This is a fun AFC battle. The battle of the last two teams that have actually beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. Texans coming off an emotional road win over KC. Meanwhile, the Colts did that two weeks ago. They had a week off. And Houston's offense has taken off. Isn't it remarkable when you don't sack the quarterback when Deshaun Watson gets time to throw? 
472 total yards. Last two weeks uh, against the Chiefs, last two weeks, 84 points after scoring 50 in the previous three games. That's what happens when Watson stays clean. Uh, This game's going to be fun. Marlon Mack, the running back for the Colts, going up against Houston's defense. Texans are eighth, giving up just 88 yards per game. Meanwhile, Mack is having a great year, almost five yards a carry, 470 yards. That's a matchup you're going to want to watch. And again, like this was... For Houston, they're going to want to build on what they did last week. That was an impressive win in Kansas City, down 17-3. They finished the game minus one in the turnover ratio. And how Deshaun Watson would have even better numbers, if not for drops by Hopkins and Will Fuller. Revenge for Houston. The Colts, they won their last two games in Houston, including a wild-card playoff game where they won 21-7. And for Indianapolis, they want to continue to prove that, yeah, there's no more Andrew Luck, but Jacoby Brissett is doing a good job. And this was a team, like last year, you know, they drafted all those offensive linemen. They got better on defense. They got T.Y. Hilton. They got Marlon Mack. They've got a good team. They want to prove it. And meanwhile, Deshaun Watson, one final thought there. Injury to Patrick Mahomes, who's uh, leading up in the MVP vote. Yep, Russell Wilson would be number one, but Deshaun Watson is right there. Last two weeks, 706 yards, six touchdowns, and 89 rush yards, and two rushing touchdowns. The beauty of the NFL season is mm-hmm. that even in week seven, we have matchups with playoff implications because these are division rivals ding, ding. that might have the similar record for the rest of the year. So that's why this game and many of the games we're going to go through this segment have playoff implications this early. Speaking of Russell Wilson, let's move on to the next one. Ravens at Seahawks. Oh, this is a battle of the current leader for the MVP, Russell Wilson, versus up-and-comer Lamar Jackson. Though I haven't been as impressed with Lamar Jackson as a passer, uh, I think we gave him a little too much love early on. Uh, He is running the ball very well. I'll say this, though. uh, These uh, 19 carry games, careful about that. Russell Wilson, six games this year, over 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, zero INT. This is about a 30-year-old at the peak of his powers. His worst game was in that loss to the Saints where he had over 400 yards, two touchdowns. He ran for 51 and two more rush TDs. And he's doing it with Tyler Lockett, never a 1,000-yard receiver, a rookie in DK Metcalf who's just about going fast and deep but really is still learning to run routes. And now uh, a tight end, Will Disley, no one had heard of before. That guy is out Hell, the winning touchdown drive last week, the radio in his helmet wasn't even working. He was calling his own plays. As I mentioned, uh, Lamar Jackson, be careful. 33 carries the last two games for 222 yards. That's only so long that you can do that for. Um, This game also should be an offensive light show. Seattle's giving up 371 yards per game. Baltimore, 363. Also, both these teams, neither one of them has got much of a pass rush. Seattle was just 10 sacks. Baltimore with just 11. You got Earl Thomas coming to take on his former team, Seattle. The last time he saw his coach, Pete Carroll, he was giving him the finger as he was being carted off the field. Eagles at Cowboys. We talked about it earlier. Why should you watch this game? A, it's the Sunday Nighter. It's a division rival. Uh, you had Doug Peterson guaranteeing a win, then not. Do we have that sound? Doug Peterson came out and said, oh, yeah, yeah, play. Uh, here is Doug Peterson from a couple days ago. We, we're going down to Dallas, and our guys are going to be ready to play. And we're going to win that football game. And when oh. we do, we're in first place in the NFC East. We control our own destiny. We're right where we need to be. So, Doug Peterson, you said uh, you're going to win the game. That's kind of a guarantee, right? 
Never said that. Oh. I never said that. Never said guarantee a win. No, I'd never do that. Oh, well, okay. Well, it seemed like you did. Um, this, again, if the Eagles embarrass Dallas in Jerry World, Jason Garrett could be fired. And for the Cowboys, they cannot start slow. Last three games, they've been outscored 47-9 to in the first half. It's amazing how different things are when you're not facing the Giants, Redskins, and Dolphins, but when you play the Saints, Green Bay, and you lose to the Jets. Woo! Ezekiel Elliott has got to do more. Um, Dak Prescott making a bunch of mistakes, but still putting up the yards. On the other side, I do have a lot of faith in Carson Wentz. His third down passing and red zone passing, this guy is one of the best in the league. There's a reason why I still think Philly will be dangerous at the end of the year. And finally, Fletcher Cox, you're getting the pressures, but you've got to start getting the sacks for the Philadelphia Eagles. Rams at Falcons. The Rams have lost three in a row. Meanwhile, Atlanta, ah, oh my God, one in five to start the year. Um, This game is interesting. Will Ramsey play? Will he not? Let's see. Um, The Rams' defense decimated in the secondary. Uh, Keep Tlaib out. Marcus Peters traded. Have to see about Jalen Ramsey for Matt Ryan. At the very least, he should be able to put up good yards. But the thing is with the Rams, they are now all in. This is going to be a desperate team. With that trade for Jalen Ramsey, this means the Rams, they're going to go five years, five years without a first-round pick. And think about this. Jared Goff, Four-year deal, $134 million. Todd Gurley, four-year deal, $57 million. Todd Gurley might never be the same again. Jared Goff might have peaked in the NFC Championship game last year. This game for the Falcons, hell, they could see Quinn go. And for the Rams, they desperately, desperately need a win. Vikings at Lions. How does Detroit bounce back from that Monday night loss? Oh, my God. Uh, I heard Colin Coward talk about it. Matt Stafford does not have a signature win in his 11 years. Coward's right. Matt Stafford puts up great numbers, really nice guy, brave and tough, just can't seem to win these sort of games. As for Minnesota, Kirk Cousins laughing with the media, having a good time about all those apologies. You can do that when you are getting 333 yards, four touchdowns, and Stephon Diggs is having a great day, as he did last week. Let's see if he can do that again against Detroit. And by the way, Dalvin Cook should go nuts. The Lions on their rush D, 26 in average yards per carry, giving up about 125 yards per game. Dalvin Cook, woo, that should be fun. My doppelganger McDonald eating no six-pack Matt Patricia yeah. will draw uh-huh. up a great defensive uh-huh. game plan versus yeah. Kirk Cousins. Give me the Lions in this one. Get out. What are you doing? Get out of here with that. Cardinals at Giants. Okay, yes, I am a Giants fan, and it's kind of interesting to see the uh, to see these two uh, rookies go at it. And the last time that we saw the first two quarterbacks chosen in the draft face off as rookies... It was 2015 when Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota faced off, which proves once again that NFL GMs and scouts know absolutely nothing. Kyler Murray, no interceptions um, last week, going up against a horrible, horrible Giants defense. That should be a fun game. And that is it for my six-pack. It's a good... It's a good week, Arad. It's a there's a good week of games. Great week and great segment. You really did your homework on this one, Matthew. 
I am impressed. Thank you, thank you. Coming up next, we're going to get in some gambling picks. We're going to hopefully have time to make fun of Roger Goodell. And, like we're at the Oscars, when you're on the red carpet, you wonder, what are you wearing? What is producer Arad going to be wearing in New York when he sees his beloved Patriots take on the New York Jets? That is coming up next. You are listening to TSN Four Downs on the TSN Radio Network. everybody, this is TSN 4 Downs, your one-stop shop for all things NFL. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. You're listening to TSN Radio Network, TSN 1050 in Toronto, 1150 in Hamilton, and in Vancouver, TSN 1040. Producer Arad has got some games we're going to go over in terms of some of the lines and who we like in terms of for gambling purposes. I want to get to a bit of Roger Goodell, but first, just a quick shout-out to Alex Singleton, the best defensive player in the CFL last year. The guy was a stud in Calgary. He has been promoted by the Eagles from the practice squad, and he looks to make his debut against the Cowboys on Sunday night. So congratulations to Alex Singleton. Um, I think we got time for one piece of Goodell sound, and this from the NFL meetings from earlier this week. He talked about the possibility of a 17-game schedule. It is part of the discussions. You know, we've had very fruitful discussions on it, discussing the positive and negatives, the changes to the game that we've made over the last 10 years. Uh, and I think those changes have made a significant impact uh, in a positive way. And so that is something that uh, we'll continue to discuss, and it may or may not be part of whatever we ultimately decide. As for safety, the game is safer in terms of just concussion, concussion protocol, uh, getting rid of hits to the head, kickoffs, all that sort of thing. The reason the NFL is dangerous is players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. Also remember, if they do 17 games, that's a bridge to 18. They're not going to stop at 17. No one does an odd number. And whatever they do, if they do get to 18, get rid of two preseason games, get rid of the Thursday nighter, uh, maybe an extra bye week and add extra players for the roster. So allow teams more flexibility when there are injuries. And I'll just say this. I know everyone is going to get angry and say this is the owners being greedy. But if there is 17 games, that means the union and the players agree to it. Because guess what? If the owners get half the money, the players get the other half. And if billions of dollars are paid just to air a Thursday night game once a week, this extra week of football is a lot of money. So don't go, oh, the poor players. Because they have to agree to it as well. Don't dilute it. Never, ever, ever, ever dilute it. Less is more when it comes to the NFL. Yep. That's why you're so popular. Mm-hmm. Because it's week seven and we can talk about playoff implications. It's true. Every game is so important. Every game is such a big event. Don't dilute it. Now, all right, I agree with you. But I want to talk to you two weeks after the Super Bowl when you go, I miss football. And then you're like, yeah. Yeah. The season was a little longer. You know, I agree with you now because we're in October. We're in the middle of it. It's an orgy of football. But come, you know, after the Super Bowl and it's like, oh, the XFL is on. Ah, damn it. All right. I know we don't have a lot of time. We got, uh, you got your big three picks. Um, what games are you looking at? Well, let's start with the Raiders at Lambeau taking on the Packers. Packers are favored by 5.0. Um, I, I think Oakland, you know, Oakland's been better than we expected. They've won two in a row. They've had the bye. I think that plays a big part of it. Green Bay got really lucky to beat Detroit. Um, so I, but it's in Green Bay. It's Oakland traveling cross country. Give me the Packers to cover. I'm with you. Packers to cover. 
Lions is more of a defensive team. Those are the teams that the Packers struggle against. Raiders are an offensive team. So I don't think winning by one touchdown will be that much of a problem. Yep. Game number two, Saints at the Bears in Soldier Field. Bears favored by 3.5. That's insane. Uh, I'm just saying right now, Saints. Give me, give me the Saints. Um, I, I, I don't even know who's going to be at quarterback. Uh, you know, there was word of Mitch. We'll have to see, but I don't like Chicago's offense. It's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Chicago Bears whatsoever. I think three and a half is way too much for that team. I'm with you. I mean, I, I, for one, don't understand this line either. I don't know what the bookmakers are thinking. But, yeah, give me the Saints in a runaway I, I, right there. The only thing I can think is that all the, 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 new, the Saints win their games close. They beat Houston by two on that miracle last drive. They beat Seattle by six, Dallas by two, Tampa by a touchdown, Jacksonville by a touchdown. So they have been playing a lot of close games. I just, I'm sorry, I don't have faith in the Bears. They, they always scream captain regression because of their turnover ratio last year was so incredibly in their favor. Exactly. And I mean, unless there's something me and you don't know about the weather, mm-hmm. give me the Saints. Yeah. They win by a touchdown, at yeah. least in that one. And finally, Matthew, we are here. The Patriots travel to the Meadowlands to take on the Jets in Section 309. Yeah. I'll be sitting there. What are you going to be wearing? I'm going to be wearing my Patriots hat. Uh-huh. Unless it's raining, then I'll you know, put my hood on. Yeah. Definitely. I'm still choosing between my Rob Gronkowski, Dante Hightower, or Tom Brady jersey. But definitely one of them. Go Hightower. I think that will okay. get you the most respect from the New York crowd. Go with the thumper linebacker. Okay. Then yeah. I'll go with Gronk because yeah. I want the least amount of respect. <laughs> <laughs> and right. I always wear my Patriot socks whenever they're playing because I feel lucky in them. You know, you feel lucky because you've got Brady and Belichick. Your socks. Yes. I, okay. I'm not gonna, your socks play maybe 10 to 12% of the reason why. Um, they're warm socks. Though. Yeah. So Patriots 10-point favorite. Like the, the 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 rule is interdivisional game. If the row if the home team is is more than a seven point underdog, you always take the dog. So I'm just gonna play the numbers. I'll take uh I'll take uh I'll take the Jets here. Uh, New England. They didn't look great against the Giants. They got a lot of those return touchdowns. Give me the Jets for a backdoor cover. How dare you? But I fully agree with you. Give me yeah. the Jets. Not even a backdoor cover. I feel like it might come down to the last second. The Patriots might be undefeated, but they're not a great team. There, I said it. I'm sorry. They're a defense-led team that wins semi-close games. So with Sam Darnold back, I mean, they're not going to beat him because young quarterbacks don't beat Bill Belichick. That just doesn't happen. But I feel like the Pats will win by seven or eight, nothing more. Yeah, and they've had you know they've had a couple more days to rest, but uh, I just think I just I'm going to go uh, backdoor cover. How much how much time do we got left? I think we're probably near the end end of the show here. What do we what do we got left? Around? About a minute. We got about a minute left. Um, yeah, so you're going to the game. Have a blast. Uh, what's your tailgate? What's your tailgate strategy? Drink as much beer as I can. There you go. And before that, I'm going to go for some New York pizza. Yeah. Funny enough, it's my girlfriend's birthday <laughs> the day after, so. Save some money for the dinner the day after, but yeah, New York pizza and beer. Okay, so that's good that you're not um, you're not coming back to work on uh, on the following day. 
No, thankfully. No, okay, that's good, because, yeah, you're going to want a day or so to recover. All right, this has been a blast. Thank you uh, thank you so much, my friend. Same here, man. Thank you so much for doing this show. Yep, shout out to you. Shout out to Domino's. Go to dominoes.ca, and shout out to everyone listening. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy what will be a very memorable Week 7 in the NFL. I'm Matthew Cause. You've been listening to TSN Four Downs right here on the TSN Radio Network.